Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefo Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to another happy hour. We are actually recording this one at happy hour time on Friday. Happy hour oh, time Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah, 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 yeah. So cheers to that. Cheers, Friday. Yes. Oh, so excited. Also, as always, drink responsibly if you choose to do so. Before we get into this one here, a rare happy hour disclaimer. I am being self-indulgent and I am being a bit salty. And we are focusing largely on the fanboy aspect of toxic fandom. But I want to acknowledge there, I absolutely know there are toxic fangirls and they have bullied creators and they have bullied people offline. I had a friend who was... She left her job because of uh, some really intense Raylo fans, Kylo Ren and Ray from Star Wars. So we should definitely come back and talk about that again. I know we've talked about it in a few past episodes, but for this one in particular, kind of focusing on the fanboy aspect of toxic fandom. Um, <laughs> and I also want to say, while this might sound like a hippies <laughs> to certain male uh, Star Wars creators. It's not. It's absolutely not. I promise you it's not. And also, I want to say, I thought about this like perhaps way too much, but I was thinking about kind of uh, Star Wars books when I was younger and, you know, sort of early fan fiction, if you will. And those weren't, you know, people did make fun of them in in culture at large and media at large. They were popular among Star Wars fans, but it was sort of uh, still kind of mocked at the time. And now that things like The Mandalorian have made Star Wars or, you know, things like that have made nerdiness more mainstream, I don't think they're as mocked anymore. But I w that was a thing that happened. However, I would still say it was mostly men getting their work published. And I would still say that these Star Wars books were held in higher regard than women writing fan fiction. 
I think that this is changing. But anyway, there are going to be some spoilers. They're going to be very light. Like, I hesitate to even call them spoilers, but it's one of those things where I think if you thought about it, you could figure out what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Which means that Samantha's going to be very kind and just listen to me vent a lot. I'm going to be nodding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I would also like to thank my friends, the Katie's. Uh, the two Katie's that I have in my life that I'm very close to for letting me have a very intense text exchange uh, to get my feelings out. But anyway, all right. Uh, A lot of things I'm discussing are matters of opinion and interpretation. I get that, even if it sounds like I don't. As I said, this is going to be very (laughs) self-indulgent. But Samantha, what are you sipping on? I am keeping it light with my, what is called, light sky, blue moon, Mm. mainly because I just want to sip on something that is not too heavy, and uh, yeah, sometimes beer makes me super sleepy, and I'm decided, like, the the, obviously the higher alcohol content, but, like, IPAs and any of the craft independent that I do love makes me sleepy, so I feel like I need to be aware for this conversation just for you. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm sipping on just a generic beer. What about you? Okay. Well, that's actually, that's perfect because we are, I didn't even specify what spoilers you might have to worry about. We're talking about uh, Scream and Star Wars. Uh, oh, okay. Book of Boba Fett stuff in here. Uh, and, you know, the the blue sky, blue moon, there's an indoor moon Star Wars parody of that beer. So yes. you're, you're right Right in, in, (laughs) I was going to say in fashion, that's not correct. But I am sipping on what is essentially a gin and tonic, but spicy, because I'm feeling very spicy for this episode. I just put some hot sauce in there, and it's actually really good. It's got a nice kick. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yes, yes. So, all right, let's get into this, because I got a lot to say. A lot of franchises are getting rebooted. Or are they have new entries that are coming out right now? And we've talked about a lot of them, including and just like that recently, the Sex in the City. It's not, reboot is not necessarily correct, but yeah, continuing story. The continuing story. Thank you. Uh, the Matrix. We did a whole feminist movie Friday on that. We've mentioned Halloween, uh, Scream, and of course Star Wars all the time. Star Wars. And something I found interesting is that a lot of them seem to address fans and how fans perceive them or how fans have influenced these franchises um, or toxic fans. And they almost have like a wink-wink thing going on about moving on from legacy characters or holding on too tightly to how you think a character should be and how these characters are never going to be happy as long as we keep bringing them back. And trust me, I feel so sad for my fictional (laughs) characters that I love. (laughs) I'm like, I want to see this movie, but I want you to be happy, and I know the two can't coexist. (laughs) They can never coexist. No, not not if we're going to keep making this type of movie. In this case, I'm talking about Scream. And I have a fan fiction I'm writing right now, and I kid you not, I'm at the... I know how the story goes. I'm at the precipice of... It going all wrong. I can't write it, Samantha. I feel oh, no. too guilty. I'm Aww. like, I can't do this to you. <laughs> the tragedy is just too much tragedy. In it's it. too much. I like. I want you to be happy. So I've I've actually skipped the traumatic part, and I've started writing the healing from the traumatic part. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad thing. 
I think it could work. I think that's fine. Uh, but it's fun. I never used to have that problem before. But now I'm like, I cannot write. I cannot do this to you. But I still have it <laughs> hanging there. Like, ooh. Also, I want to say I learned some new fandom terms. And this is from tvtropes.com. Quote, when a creator answers a question about their work, should they provide an in-universe answer or a real-life answer? The former is the Watsonian perspective, the latter, Doyleist. Oh, as in like Watson and Doyle is the writer. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yes. Okay. Yes. I bring this up because um, that's been some criticism of specifically Book of Boba Fett is like, I get... I, being like a lot of fans, get why you have to make these decisions based on budget or technology or, yeah, just basically like plot stuff, but you didn't explain it in-universe. Like, I get your real-life limitations, but right. you were kind of just like, okay, here we go. And you didn't really give it an answer. So it's... I had never heard of that before, but I was like, yes, that's because all the time you're thinking about like, oh, I wonder why they couldn't do this. I bet they didn't have the money or something like that. Right. So the, they are those terms. This episode is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
And yes, of course, I want to talk about fan fiction. <laughs> we look down upon fan fiction when women and non-binary folks write it, but we laud it and make it into mm-hmm. movies or TV shows when it comes to men. And mm-hmm. on top of that, how toxic fanboys and studios are controlling what material gets made and who gets to participate in making it. If I could like make a thesis statement of the like anger that I'm feeling, which by the way, if this was a different show, I would read that text exchange. <laughs> oh, really? I was going off. I was going off. I think it is, I'm frustrated with who gets to decide what canon is. And then right. I'm frustrated with the fact that toxic fandom is also influencing who gets to decide what canon is. Right. When we are also making fun of fan fiction, which is what you are doing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So I do also want to put in here, I've said it time and time again, fan fiction is a hobby. It, for a lot of people, it's a hobby. And it's not like ever intended to go beyond that. It's like if you like playing soccer and you're not ever thinking, oh, I'm going to be a professional one day. You just like playing soccer. Right. And I had somebody tell me recently, you could make money if you you know, had a Patreon and people could read your fan fiction. And I said, I sure could, but that kind of ruins to me what fan fiction is, which is this sort of beautiful free space where we're all doing that. And then I think it would become this capitalist thing which is part of what I'm talking about here, which is part of the problem. So it's as seemingly simple as a topic as this is. There are a lot of layers and my mind is always percolating on it. So wait, for for fan fiction that has become successful, Mm -hmm. is that the same thought process? Like, did they sell out or is it like, no, we want that too? Uh, To me, it's not they sold out. To me... There's plenty of fan fiction, and this is a point I'm going to make throughout this, that is really good. And like, Mm -hmm. I would pay to read it. Mm -hmm. And plenty of it is better than a lot of what I see. (laughs) But I guess my, my worry is if like the whole world of fan fiction got monetized. Like, I don't think it's wrong that some things are picked up because they're really resonating with people and then they make money. What right. bothers me is like if the, the idea that the whole, if I had to pay to read fan fiction, I don't think I would. And I love fan fiction. You know yeah. I love fan fiction. Yeah. So it's more just like my, I don't want to turn that world into a place where it's only monetized and capitalized. I, I like that some people have found success. And I think that some people could even... I think one person said, what if it was like you just got the update early and that's the Patreon that you pay for? I was like, maybe. There's ways it could work. I just don't want the whole You would pay for that. Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) Yes. I know you would. Yes, I would. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I got no real problem. I do have a problem with like some people who have made success from fan fiction, writing fan fiction. And then looking down on fan fiction and getting mad when people write fan fiction about their work, that bothers me. But that's kind of a separate... Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, though. Yeah, that's a separate issue. Hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was inspired, this whole thing was inspired by, yes, the book of Boba Fett recently ending, um, but also a recent daydream I had of like, ooh, what if I got to write a Star Wars show? Like, what would I do? Uh, and then I had the almost immediate shutting down of this dream because... Not because I didn't think I couldn't do it, but because I thought two things in quick succession. One, these men doing it are more qualified. Two, I don't want to deal with the inevitable fanboy backlash. 
Um, right. W- which is not good because if it if that's one of the first things I think, um, that's very like that's already gatekeepy. That's already like okay, these men know better, which you know they might. But it's not, it was more of a just immediate shutting down of no way right. I could compete. And it was less of, oh yeah, they've been working in film and movie and writing. It was more of their men in this like nerdy world. And then right. the second, like the fanboy backlash that I was immediately, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want right. to. And I know people who have left projects because of fan backlash and fanboy backlash specifically. So that's mm-hmm. already like... It's already not great when it comes to diversity in these fields, but for that to be causing, in this case, I'm thinking of women I know, to leave, that's making it worse. And I do, (laughs) I want to put in here, like I know how annoying it is for people to look at your job and think, oh, I could do that. Um, (laughs) When you've had training or been in the business for years, total like respect but still like it's just I, I don't know I guess I'm questioning who is afforded these opportunities because I still think I could write something pretty good I think I think you could do I think I could you definitely it's, could it frustrates me that I just instantly doubted that like even though I was like this idea I think I could do that and then I was like oh no you could never do that I will say also having to deal with studios especially a big studio like Disney it seems like a real nightmare not sure I could do that very well, but I think I could write the thing. You just have to be famous before the fact. Yes. So we need to make you famous, okay. real famous, okay. and then have the support of Mark Hamill, <gasps> and then you would be down. I would melt into a puddle. I, I would melt into a puddle. I know you would. <laughs> That's it. like if you ever can't get a hold of me, like if you, after he ever tweets me or something, you can't get a hold of me, you know. By the by, our Twitter, the stuff mom never told you, Twitter has now, they do updates. He did not mm-hmm. recognize it. They do updates of like, you might be interested in this person's tweet. And we follow a lot of people. And, and out of nowhere, it says, here's Mark Hamill's tweet. And I didn't even know what it was about. But because someone in the Twitterverse has realized your love, and we don't even follow Mark Hamill mm-hmm. on our stuff mom never told you, but it needed to alert us about Mark Hamill's text uh, tweet <laughs> that I'm pretty sure is because of you, which is quite funny because we don't yeah. mention it at all in Twitter. But for me to get that notification or for me to see that notification, yeah. I was like, this is Annie's fault somehow. <laughs> I don't deny it. (laughs) I don't deny it. So I wanted to talk about Scream 2022, which was a movie that I loved. Um, I saw it at the drive-in, and then I was fortunate enough to see it again, and I absolutely adored it. And it actually addressed some of the stuff we're talking about. And one of the things they they have, of course, in every Scream movie, they have the scene where they sit down and they talk about the rules of the horror movies. Because if you haven't seen these movies, they're very, very meta. Um, And in this one... The character, I can't remember her name, but she's like uh, Randy from the original movies, uh, Her, his niece. She's like, we got to talk about requels. And she breaks into this uh, definition of what a requel is. And she's like, you know, the fans are mad. Like, you can't have a straight reboot because they don't want that. They want some of the legacy characters from the other one. But you can't continue from what the last movie did because... They hated that. So you have to create something that's not quite a sequel. It's a recall. It's in between a reboot 
and a sequel. And so I the movie in itself, yeah. Yes, exactly. And no joke, they bought up Star Wars in that conversation. <laughs> um, <and> the Last <laughs> Jedi in particular. The first uh, text I got about the movie. Oh my god, they're talking about Star Wars. And fan fiction and Mary yes. Sue's, which was all the all these critiques. Uh, that were thrown against, like the Mary Sue being Ray, and then you know this is just fan fiction, which is part of what I think is really frustrating me because it is fan fiction, but you're making it sound like it's good when they do it how you want them to do it, but it's not mm-hmm. good when they don't do it um, the way you think is the appropriate Ray. Appropriate way, appropriate way. Mm. <laughs> but they also talked about, in this movie, they talked about toxic fanboys and toxic fandom. And I wish I could spoil the ending because it's so good and I have so many thoughts about it. But essentially, it's like fans, this toxic fan culture, thinking they're entitled to a thing, getting angry when they don't get that thing, and then getting violent when they don't get that thing and trying to create something through violence that they believe is better. Also, it is all about kind of, it's very parallel to Ray's journey. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Oh, so good. But yes, let us talk about the Star Wars. So, okay. (laughs) I've been fired up. I've been fired up. Way to go. Yeah, yeah. So I think I was getting really angry watching, there's been a lot of announcements around Star Wars lately, and uh, also the Book of Boba Fett, and I was just getting angrier and angrier about this idea that, like, these kind of white fanboys getting paid millions of dollars to write fan fiction while it's so looked down upon in other, like, any other way. And, but you're doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing. You're just a dude, and you're doing it and you got money, and like maybe I'm not even saying they're not talented. I'm just saying, like I'm kind of annoyed at this. Where why we are differentiating where, well, they're doing it, so that's not fan fiction, but it is. It absolutely is. Uh, and I feel like it's proving to me over and over again that they these kind of. Fanboys at large, I'll say, missed the power of the ending of Return of the Jedi, which I think is feminist in nature, and that's the whole thing, and that they connect hardcore with, like, ass-slash-failure characters and think that violence in combat is the answer, which I've actually thought Mm -hmm. a lot about this, and I want to come back and do an episode on the glorification of the ass. But anyway, when... So when a lot of these fanboys like grew up who hated Return of the Jedi, by the way, they hated it when it came out, uh, they got to fix it, uh, mm-hmm. which to me is just like constantly, it's, you know, I love being a fan, but it's also sad sometimes. Um, <laughs> I figured that out with the supernatural right when I was getting into it and in the ending and there was so much debate. And even today, not too mm-hmm. long, I, I somehow got it on TikTok and they're debating about who they hate and why they hate them. And I was like, damn, that seems unnecessary. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And I try really hard. I try really, really hard because I am a big fan of stuff. Like, I don't want to make people feel bad about something they're a fan of, as long as it's not like mm-hmm. harmful or whatever. Like, right. If we have different opinions, because I'm very sensitive to that, actually. And so I try to be mindful of, you know, like, 
there's a certain character they brought back that I hate in Book of Boba Fett, but I know a bunch of people like him. So I was trying to be like, okay, don't. Cad Bane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was screaming at the TV. No. I feel like from the Rebels portion of that I saw that Cad Bane should have been fighting Finnick, but I was like, okay. <laughs> That's true. Or the Bad Batch. It was on Bad Batch where they fight. Yeah, Bad Batch. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, I, again, yeah, I try to be like, it's not, it's okay. <laughs> this is my experience. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer... Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
But yeah, it also cracks me up that a lot of the fanboys who were behind the whole not my Luke Skywalker thing were mad that he wasn't a cinnamon roll anymore. But if I told them what a cinnamon roll was, they would deny it. They would deny they would. that's what oh, they, they liked. Oh, they would. That's, Absolutely. That is not masculine enough for them. Absolutely. So that kind of cracks me up. Also, just another thread. Pedro Pascal is essentially playing the same character in, with the same dilemma in terms of audience, which again, I don't want to spoil things, but phew, in The Last of Us. So that was kind of, I kept thinking that like, wow, it's the same Wait, thing. What? Oh, you're saying that he's playing the Mendo character in The Last in, of Us? In The Last okay, of Us, gotcha. it's the same character. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so I guess what's really annoying to me is that yes, these toxic fanboys are controlling what gets made in terms of like uh, like uh, review bombing or just uh, yeah. harassing people on social media. Like all these things that are intimidating people like me. Not that I'm saying I could, I'm going to succeed. But like I, I wouldn't even think of it. Like I was immediately like, no, because of this. And that is a term of gatekeeping. And that at least somewhat along with studios interfering, that's that's just influencing these franchises in particular so heavily, not just Star Wars. And on top of that, a lot of the writers paid to write this glorified fan fiction are still men who I think would be outraged if it was called fan fiction. I think they would be <laughs> real pissed. So do we know Filoni's stance on fan fiction? Because he, the way he describes why he loves it so much... It sounds like he's talking about fan fiction because he was like, I yeah. took the story and I imagined what if. Yeah. I don't know, but I imagine it would not be good. Because my mm -hmm. thing is, like, I still think even if even if he was like, okay, yeah, fan fiction, there's still that hang up on that idea that fan fiction is written by girls, Girl. young girls who just want to have sex with, like, characters they like and that creeps them out and they dismiss it which is not true it's not the case like that can exist and I don't think there's anything wrong with that existing <laughs> right wait but not the point of like when boys would have pictures of scantily clad uh, celebrities mm -hmm. that's that same kind of level except it's it not is. as creative yeah but that's that's okay because male sexuality is fine but Fair. when it comes to young girls that's not fine. Like, that's creepy. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is, I have a lot of experience as we've discussed in the world of fan fiction. Uh, so, this is a <laughs> lot of my opinion, and I will acknowledge that. But I've also, I've got experience. <laughs> right, right. I, can, I mean, maybe that's ultimately what I'm trying to say is can we just like stop pretending that it's only young girls who have some kind of sexual thing that freaks you Dark, out in writing fan yeah. fiction that you're looking down on when that's what you are doing. And I'm not right. saying and that they... And it's not even sexual. Right. And I'm not even, like, again, I have no idea. Maybe they're totally into fan fiction. But it just, I just feel like a lot of people would be furious. Like, not just mad, but, like, outraged. Right. If you said, oh... And the concept of labeling... Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, that's that's not academic and that's not good. So therefore, right. no. And then I think like, <sighs> yeah, I guess it's just frustrating because they make a lot of money off it. Right. And they get to decide what canon is. Um, right. 
And right, right now, I'm still confused by that. Like that's still like, oh, wait, that didn't exist. How is it canon now? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh, <laughs> look, I have to ask you that all the time. I was like, what? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So I have my own head canon pretty pretty well. <laughs> so I'm like, I I ignore that this happened because no way, I'll accept this. Uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. Um. <laughs> Bringing up so many issues right now. I I was outraged over the past few days. I was like, my friend, she texted me and she said, it sounds like you're grieving. And I was like, maybe I am. <laughs> but perhaps you are. I also am very, like, I try very hard. Like, this will pass. I'm, I'm right now, I'm feeling it real hard, but this, this will pass. And I'm, I try really hard not to be like, it's not worth, in my opinion, it's worth getting upset over, but it's not worth getting that upset over. Like, I have right. ultimately no control. Even though I was also thinking about that, like, what if a bunch of, I don't know, feminist Luke Skywalker fans got on and were like, hey, creators, <laughs> if you don't yeah. do this, like the fanboys. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> Gosh, I was so mad when I wrote this. I, when I wrote this out loud, I could tell because I wrote, they're the ones with attachment issues, exclamation point. <laughs> I yeah, agree. I think that's true past Annie. Uh, wait, I was like, what do you mean you agree? You said it. You can't agree with yourself past when Annie. you're the one who said it. <laughs> I can agree with past <laughs> Annie who was in the throes of emotion. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so much angst. Oh. oh my gosh, so much angst. And then I wrote, pay me in all caps or consult me. That's all I'm saying. I think I could be a pretty good consultant. I don't know. I think you've proven yourself on uh, Movie Crush, especially your teaching uh, Chuck so much. I yeah. on it. I am the Jedi Master. I must <laughs> of, pass of on Star Wars. And so it's like I gotta, fiction. I gotta let go of my emotions. I gotta whoo, release them into the Force. Uh, I'm working on it. Um. <laughs> but let me ask you real quick, because uh, I feel like I need to, mm -hmm. and go ahead and tell y'all, this is a spoiler for Bubba Fett, so if you want to pause it, skip over it for a minute, you can. So, Grogu has decided not to be a Jedi, correct? That's where we're at. And this is the beginning he's of his adventures it. with Mandalorian. Yeah, he's decided it at this point in time, because it's okay. essentially the same choice Yoda gave Luke where he's like, you can't go save your friends or your trading room. It's kind of the okay. same thing. So Luke oh, did so they're come on back. A parallel, they're a parallel journey. That kind Luke of, but because of, because of how Grogu ages, it's not going to work. <laughs> I don't know. Again, like that's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know if this is your real life problem or your in-canon problem, but uh, the way they're currently handling it, it won't work because um, Luke will be dead by then. Uh. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, moving on. Yeah. Past, the, past that spoiler. Past the spoiler. But yes, thank you to all of my friends and some of you listeners who have listened to me just vent. I mean, the text exchanges I've had woo, through these tough <laughs> fandom times. Uh, and cheers. Cheers to cheers. that. Cheers. Yes. Yes. And go write all the fan fiction. Go read all the fan fiction. There's some amazing stuff. I mean, this was like, this book of Boba Fett thing was like chum in the fan fiction waters. All of a sudden, a lot of people are writing fan fiction. There was a lot of people with a lot of opinions. Oh, gosh. On this show. Oh, Almost my as many as uh, the 
Marvel shows. Oh yeah, yeah, and I'll, and just like that too, because it was very, it was very divided. Yeah. It was very polarized. I would say. Yeah. I feel like the Mandalorian people just either really just loved, like it, it felt like that was like a good show for people to be back into this world, but like the rest of them had so much. Why did you do it this way? And I was like, oh damn. Yeah, I mean that's kind of my biggest. I keep hearing Miley Cyrus. <laughs> You came in like a wrecking ball. Because the last three episodes were not about Boba Fett. That was an ad for The Mandalorian season three. Yeah. So that's, and I don't really even like Boba Fett, but I was willing to give him a try. And then they were like, never mind. It's going to be about this now. And he's not even in the episodes. I love Finnick. So I was very excited. Finnick is awesome. I feel like they should have done more with her. Definitely. But okay. Agreed. Agreed. Well, thanks for letting me have this space (laughs) all day. I knew. Probably I like, again this one another might be day. a part two. I could keep going and going. I feel like we're going to have another one soon. I think we might when I've like settled down a little bit. Um, <laughs> so thanks listeners for allowing me to have this journey. As always, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at Stephanie and mom stuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at mom stuff podcast or on Instagram at stuff I never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Oh, we need your opinions on this. Let's get your opinions, Christina. We need you on for this. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yes. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.